thanks so much for downloading our latest episode. Today we're talking about the Brady Bunch, and we're doing a segment on Ugly Parenting 101. This, plus the Ugly and Awkward Moments of the Week Sports Edition. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. It's another uncensored look at the world around you, from sisters who will say just about anything to anyone at any time. It's the Uggs. Jamie? I've had amazing sex with men that I don't like. Paula? You know, I got called a cunt seven times. Uncensored as always, it's time for the Ugly Truth. Welcome to the Ugly Truth. This is episode 402. listening to Tyler's and I review our review on it too the other day. Thank you, Paula, for listening to that. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> You're welcome. But it's, you know, obviously in anything, the first time you do anything, it's it's a little shaky. So I did give Tyler the reins on that review and obviously we all have our constructive criticism. He thought he sounded dumb. <laughs> like, you don't sound dumb. sound dumb. But it is something that you and I have talked about many, many times when you want to do a podcast. You have to overact into the microphone just to sound normal. If you could see how we act when we're talking to each other on microphones versus normal, you'd be like, why are those hysterical women talking <laughs> on microphones because you have to over and you know you have to overact in your voice a little bit it's basically like what newscasters do right right and anybody who's in radio you're going huh yeah no kidding yeah well we're we were late to the party okay we're still baby broadcasters we don't even know you know we we still do stuff wrong all the time but but Tyler's like, I sound so stupid. I'm like, you don't sound stupid. You're just new. You're just going to learn. It's fine. And existential is the word of the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we laughed because by the, like, the third or fourth time, I kind of looked at Ryan. I'm like, I'm all, that's like the third time he said that, huh? And Ryan's like, I think so. <laughs> In fact, when we were recording and he's talking, I almost wanted to go, it had a lot of mythic themes, didn't it? But I didn't. I didn't want to make fun, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So thank you for listening. If you listen to the review, it was it's a spoiler free review. So it's a little existential. <laughs> I think it's sweet that he wanted to do one. And I and I was more than happy to oblige. So I, I, I appreciate you guys listening if you did. OK, so another pleasant surprise. Daryl is in L.A. for a couple of days. And so I'm on my own here, which means the house is immaculate. All the laundry's done. Everything's clean. I'm eating salads for dinner because I'm not required to make, you know, a five course meal for the family. Mm -hmm. it's like I get to live like a single girl and I love it like I literally last night I watched the Raider game which was fabulous which we'll talk about a little later I had a glass of champagne I had a kale salad and I and my house was immaculate and I'm like how do you have a kale salad like you can't even chew that shit no okay first of all Italian kale is that super dark dark green forest green kale it's not the bright green kale and the thing with Italian kale is if you squeeze it, you re- you release all of this, I don't want to say moisture, but y- it it loosens. It's kind of well, like when you put... I do, like you... to, I do like to squeeze Italian things and release their uh, oils. Exactly. Release their oils, the, the oily <laughs> bohunks. Yes. And squeeze it into my mouth. Mm. So basically... <laughs> Damn it, Joe! <laughs> if you squeeze, if you squeeze the green, the dark green Italian kale, it loosens up quite quite a bit and it's chewy. You can chew it. And so you do that and then I dressed it with a yummy olive oil and 
Dijon mustard dressing with some feta and some chickpeas. I mean, anyway, super girly dinner. Daryl likes it, but that's all I had. Like, I didn't have to create a meal. I just. That's not even food. Well, actually, I should. It was. If I'm home by myself, I'll eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah. What are you talking about? You and your empty calories with your Cheerios. My rice checks. Rice checks. And they have iron in there, by the way. I was so happy to learn that. Oh, well, that's good for you. That's healthy. So anyway, I have a hard time falling asleep in general anyway. And Mm -hmm. so last night I was in bed and I, I watched my Bachelor in Paradise. I'm very excited about that. And then I'm like, God, I'm still I'm still wide awake. And it's like 1130 at night. So <laughs> I had DVR'd a very Brady renovation on HGTV. Oh, you did not. You know I what? did. They were on a freaking Chopped, too. Yeah, what? that wasn't good. What's going on? Like, is, are, are they having like a revive of something or what? No, it's the HGTV series, a very Brady renovation. The premise is, and if you recall, this was in 2017, HGTV, the... The front, when you watch the Brady Bunch, the house that they show in the open shots, the outside shots, Mm -hmm. that house went up for sale. And the granddaughter, she goes, my grandmother lived here. They bought it in 1973. And obviously we know they used it for the front of the Brady Bunch. We used to have a shit ton of tourists that would come through. So they put up like a little brick wall to keep people off their grass. And then when she passed away, they, you know, now it's all cleared out. And they said, so we decided to sell it for like 1.3 million figuring, you know, we'll get an elevated price because it's the Brady Bunch house. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously they recorded on a stage studio at Paramount or Universal, wherever they did it. But the fact that this is the house in the front is exciting for a lot of people. So a bunch of people, she's like the first day this, this listing went up, we had over 500 offers. Lance Bass came in and offered like full asking price plus. And then when HGTV got it, they were sitting in a production room getting ready for 2018. And they said, Hey, you guys, the Brady Bunch house is for sale. And he said, 15 of us all at the same time said, we have to get it because we're going to, we're going to rent the shit out of that thing. So they paid almost $4 million for it. Oh my gosh. So this is the premise. They have the Brady Bunch house. They have all the stars of HGTV involved in the process those two twins that do the the two oh, brothers the brothers i love them they're... yeah they're kind of at the top they're the, they're like the lead but then there's all these other people that i don't know them very well but i'm sure if you're a big hgtv fan you know exactly who's involved in this process yeah there's a bunch of a bunch of stars so their goal is to turn the inside of the brady bunch house into exactly what it looked like on stage They're going to turn it into full-on retro 70s. Everything will be down to the last detail, will be exactly like the stage home. And so when you go into the house, of course, it looks nothing like. Well, it's gutted, yeah. Well, no, I mean, the house is not the house. And so not only is it half the size of what you think the Brady Bunch house should be, it's not even a two-story. It's a two-bedroom, two-bath house. <laughs> and so, How did they even come up with picking that house? Oh, you mean Brady Bunch? Yeah. Well, because, because of the front. they just uh, The front was like this iconic they suburban it, 70s house in Burbank. Yeah. That's so weird. They just, it's just like modern family. All the home fronts that they use, they don't film in those houses. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's just the front. But they just like the way they look? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so it perpetuates the personality of the family and the theme of the show, whatever. (laughs) So they're like, okay, so we not only do we have to get this house down to the rafters, they actually had to dig down a foot 
just because there's so many levels in this house on the, you know, the Brady Bunch house on stage. There were so many levels. Oh, yeah, because it was like they had all those like step down, step ups and yes, all that. Stuff. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That style back then. Like even when they go into dad's den, they had to step down. <laughs> Like it's everything is up, you know, all these levels. Why why was that a thing? God, what a stupid idea. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's the seventies, you know, that's kind of, that was the architectural design back then. Oh my God. But they said, we can't do this unless we have all the Brady's involved because we need them to help us with their expertise. They lived on that stage for a decade. You know, they remember everything, all the final detail. And man, these people remember everything. Yeah. They finally got all six Brady kids on board. It took a really long time because of their schedules, because they're all working. Oh, they are? Well, sure. I mean, just because they're not acting doesn't mean they're not working. I mean... I don't know. Kid's sister looks pretty rough, man. Oh, Cindy Brady? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, she's a little nuts. In fact, she's not getting a whole lot of camera time. I will tell you. she's horrific looking. I mean, have you seen her? Wait a minute. Are you talking about Jan Brady or Cindy Brady? The little one. Yeah, she she looks good actually on the show. She they've cleaned her up. She looks good. No, her face looks like sandpaper and her hair no. looks like straw. No, not on the show. They 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 okay. put her through some makeover. Anyway, so they're all on board. So they're helping with the reno, and they have like a they have like a center, a production center where they have video running. They've got swatches. I mean, down to everything. Now the most involved Brady kids are Peter. And Maureen McCormick, which was Marsha, they're they're getting a ton of camera time. They are obviously the most available or well, wanted to really be involved. And Ma- Maureen McCormick is gorgeous. And I think she oh lives like an extraordinarily clean life. I think she's like way into because she was on Dancing with the Stars. She was a hardcore drug addict. Hardcore. Oh, sh- shut up. She was? Oh, yeah. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. And then I don't she think finally... she is anymore, though. No, 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 no. She finally got clean because she was losing it. She's been clean for many, many years now. I mean, I mean, I think this was more of like when she was done with the Brady Bunch, she just jumped right in. I mean, she was partying with like, I mean, who was big then? Like Leif Garrett and I don't know, Burt Reynolds type people. Like she was in that crowd, the real hard partying crowd. Like anyway, my point is, is that she is stunning. Beautiful girl woman she's in her 60s i think she's so beautiful peter who apparently was in tech for 20 years he came in to do this um they don't they're not talking about much about what everybody else is doing but bobby brady looks like someone's grandfather he's mm-hmm. so old he has not aged well christopher knight is still very handsome very handsome he's got good hair well you know he was married to a was it adriana lima No, no, uh, that other chick. chick? Yeah, I know who it is. That top model girl. I never liked her. I never like. I was never. They were married for a lot of time. For a long time, though. By the way, she sells Avon. Don't buy her shit just because she's she was a wannabe model. Buy our shit at lipandclip.com, please. Yeah, just saying. Anyway, so here's the deal. I couldn't stop watching it. I watched the whole thing, and I'm like, I can't wait to see the rest. So they unveiled the living room. And the entryway. It is crazy the shit they had to do to make it look like that. It was crazy. So now I believe next week will be the bedrooms or the kitchen or something. Like they're breaking it up in rooms because it's such a large project. Wow. It's so fun to watch. And I mean, these people are so great. They're so great. And they're finding like props that have been in storage for like 50 years 
back in the back lots of Paramount. Wouldn't that be awesome? See, I would love to go back into like prop storage for one of like the major studios. Mm -hmm. I mean, could you imagine the things you would find in there or like wardrobe? When you go on those tours at Universal Studios, Daryl's been on it before. He goes, you literally walk through storage rooms and they show you all the stuff. They're there. They are there. The chandelier from the chandelier from Casablanca is there. You're not even allowed to touch it. You can barely allowed to look at it. It's like a museum. It's amazing. It's so cool. And especially if you love TV or if the Brady Bunch was a big deal to you. I loved it. This is so compelling and it's so uplifting and not in a weird way, but it's like it's exciting. You're like, I can't wait to see it. You know what I mean? I think you would like it, Paula. Maybe. I don't know. I, I saw them on Chopped and I was just like, oh, God. You know, I just. Chopped was bad, but this is I good because they're. It. No, this is different because you're the professionals are doing all the work. They're just letting them go. Here, let me just hit this hammer. OK, thank you for your help. And then they. Now, Peter Christopher Knight is doing a lot of actual work which is really kind of cool. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And Maureen McCormick is doing a lot of like, okay, this is what the couch looked like. And so she's going to places and they're finding, you know, replicas or the original pieces that were in the house. So she's doing a lot of the, you know, the decorating part of it. Like, this is what it looked like. This is, you know, they're looking at all these pictures. They are not even settling for less. Like, if, it, if we can't get this, we're building it and finding the fabric and making our and making replicas. It's crazy. And then... They did a thing, and I, of course, wouldn't know anything about it because I don't follow HGTV, but they did this call to the viewers and said, hey, if by any chance you have any vintage stuff that looks like, you know, any of these things, and they listed all the things that they were looking for, people were literally donating original, like this one lady in like the South had the actual curio that was in the living room on stage, and she sent it to them to put it in this house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So I just think you should check it out. And I think there's only like three episodes. So it's not like a, you know, a a super long thing. But I just absolutely love the enthusiasm of all all of it. And it's so retro and vintage. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in that house to be. But well, what are they going to do with it when it's over? Sell it. And and what are they going to do with the money? Just like I haven't. Well, I mean, they got to recruit their four plus million. I mean, this is a multi million dollar investment. I would think they'd want to like donate it to a charity or something. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be their like their like. Uh, what do they do every year? Their um. They could their, turn it into a museum. I guess their HGTV House of the Year or something mm, like. Maybe maybe. Anyway, it's really cool. I think you'll like it. All right, so let's do, we're going to do a little ugly parenting uh, segment today because although we just bitched about how we hate when podcasts only talk about the baby portion of being a mother, (laughs) just we bitched about it and then talked about it for like 10 minutes. So, but we actually had planned on talking about a couple of things that have come up. Now I'll do the easy one first. Uh, Malia is turning 19 this weekend and she wants a birthday party. And I said, I will oblige you because it's your last quote unquote teen birthday I said but I'm kind of over the birthday parties okay like I it's one thing you know we have this tradition where we just kind of got for dinner as a family and say yay happy birthday and you know that's that I go but she wants a full-blown like party party yeah I feel like we've been celebrating you a lot this year (laughs) so I'm cool with this party and it's pretty casual in the sense that you know but she's having a bunch of friends over and I'm buying a goddamn cake and everything I was just gonna say it doesn't sound casual (laughs) It is just a party with all of her friends over, but she has a lot of friends. And so I'm cool with it. I mean, or I would have said, no, grow up. But there's something about 
you know, she's our last one and this is it until we have grandkids one day. And so I'm like, fine, I will oblige you on this. But I just, you know, this is it. So let's make it a good one because after this, you're going to be going to Vegas or something because you're going to be, you know, old. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, next year, I don't know what she'll do for that one. But I mean, after that, it's going to be a big one. The problem is this is she's older than all of her friends. All of her Mm -hmm. friends, you know, she graduated. She started school really late. She was six and she almost she was almost seven in kindergarten. Like she was it was a late. Not that it was a problem. I mean, she blew through school like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So that part was great. The problem is, is that she's the first one to change. You know, she was the first kid to turn 18. Everybody else had to wait almost a year before they turned 18. And so she's yeah. a year ahead of all of her friends. So she has friends who are 17, just turning 18. And now she's turning 19. And so. Right. Right. I, so I grant a little bit of leniency in the whole birthday party thing, because she's got kids that probably shouldn't have graduated yet. <laughs> but they did, you know, because right. they started they started early. So she so may my, be like younger at heart, perhaps. Yes. Then. So she. She doesn't necessarily reflect what she behaves it, like. It really doesn't. And man, when I was 19, I wasn't dating boys my age. Jamie, when I was 19, I got married. I know. <laughs> so I'm trying to act like I did not have a grizzled youth and that this is what innocence and, you know, good parenting is. So I'm doing it. I'm like, it's, all right, we can do it. It is a little bit awkward to look at and, and see like... <laughs> 19 that 19 now and 19 then were really different. Oh, so very my 19 was very vastly different. I had a full-time job, a husband, and I was balancing a checkbook. <laughs> yes, at 19. So you've actually come across a couple of things that have uh, required me to have an opinion on parenting and I was curious. Now, a couple weeks ago you said that you were taking Olivia to school or picking her up and that you saw children hitting their mothers. How old were how old were these kids? I would say like 3. Okay. And he slapped his mom in the back really hard, and <laughs> she just grabbed his hand and started holding it, and they were walking. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't do anything. Like, didn't even give him a stern discussion? No, she just grabbed his hand and then started holding it. And, and Weird. And then they just started walking, holding hands. And I'm just okay. like... So I'm, I'm like, so he can just slap you in the back whenever he wants? Even I if mean, it doesn't hurt? <laughs> Well, I mean, he was obviously angry about something. Oh, he was mad. Oh, so he was being emotional. Yeah, no, it wasn't because he just, he did it. No, he like, he turned his head and he had a frown and he went, ah, and like slapped her in the back. I can only tell you, first of all, none of my children have hit me. No. Although Olivia Olivia hit me in the face the other night in her sleep. (laughs) Oh, that's different. But when my children were toddlers, because toddlers is when they they don't have the verbal skills to really articulate why they're so frustrated or angry, mm-hmm. but they understand that they can use physical prowess to get mm-hmm. their point across, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I recognize the stage. I recognize that hitting is traditionally a common thing that can, can happen be. with children. It can be. I never had it, but no. it doesn't mean that it wouldn't have happened. So... <laughs> I mean, and when babies are doing it, like when they're little sitting on your lap and they smack you in the face, you grab their little arm and you go, no, no, you know, you say no, no. But when they're three, (laughs) well, that's just the thing. She was talking to somebody else. So I I think she was well aware that he smacked her in the back, but she just grabbed his hand and started holding it. And she's just like, I'm just not going to address this. Like, like ignoring it makes it makes it like, like if she was going to like not give it any power, but I'm just like. No, you you definitely address when your child smacks you. Only because if they do it and nothing happens, they either try it again harder or 
they start utilizing that skill with others. And that's when you get the call from the daycare provider and says, you know, um, so Johnny has been hitting yes. <laughs> to get people's attention. And we just can't tolerate that. I mean, if somebody, if one of my children had the audacity to hit me in public anyway at three, I would have grabbed his little arm and said, don't hit me ever again. And Not, squeezed it really hard. Yeah. Well, I would have did. I would have done a firm grasp for sure. I wouldn't have squeezed to hurt, but I definitely would have squeezed enough to get his attention. If you And I've seen I've seen mothers do that. And then they use their other hand to wield it like they want their testing it. And you mm -hmm. just have to check that shit immediately. You have to be on your game and grab that hand and be like, no, I said no. I know. You just have to do it, man. You have to address it and because they need to know that you can't be hitting people. So the same day I was walking in the gate to go get her. And then this other little boy was walking with his mom and he was not wanting to walk with her or something. Mm. And she, she was just like, come on, let's go. And so he hit her. <laughs> but I mean, he could only reach her butt or something. Mm -hmm. And she, she's so just little. like, she turned around and she's like, don't hit me. And then they oh. just started walking. And I'm just like, so she knew he hit her. And I'm like, oh, that'll teach him. Don't hit yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of reminds me. This is one thing about Daryl that I really get frustrated with. He speaks to the dogs as if they understand language and reasoning. Hey, they do. They don't. So Bodega will be, you know, Pablo knows damn well when I say stop licking my underwear that he's supposed to stop licking my underwear. Okay, I'm not talking about that. That's not what I mean. Oh, okay. What I mean is he, the dog will be howling or begging or whatever trying to get in and Daryl will turn and go, Bodega, I've told you a million times that's not appropriate or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, why are you talking to him like he understands anything that you're saying? You have reasoning discussions with an animal? Just they try don't to get say, it. Just try to say, stop. <laughs> you say no and strongly and firmly. Like, those dogs are so, I'm the alpha in this house I when know. it comes to those creatures. They know. One of the cats was sitting on my dining room table. I come downstairs in the morning. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. I come downstairs and there's a cat sitting on my dining room table in my fancy formal dining room that I just finished. And I walk in. I'm like, we go, we stare each other in the eyes. I go, what are you doing in there? And they run and hide They because they, they're like, I, I have broken the rules. I am so sorry. Like they know. But if Daryl is, he's like, he just talks to him like, you know, you're really, it's really inappropriate that you're sitting on that table right now. <laughs> You need to get off. I'm like, who are you talking to? Uh, I just, I don't even say what he do. I'm like, get off! I just scream at him. Yeah. So it's kind of the same theory with children when they're that little. You know, you have to yeah. be very specific about what you're saying and and be done with it. You can't obviously like drag it out for hours because kids, that's just torture. But so, it's like if they hit you, you grab their little hand and you're like, uh-uh, no, and that's it. So Olivia went through this phase. I want to say it lasted for about two weeks um, mm -hmm. where she was biting. And oh, yes, she didn't talk. She was probably like one and a half, maybe, maybe mm. like one and about one and a half because they don't really talk then. Mm. And so she would get frustrated about things. And so she would bite. She didn't really bite hard, yeah. but she would just bite. And so I remember getting a note sent home from the daycare saying that <laughs> Olivia bit someone. And I'm like, what? what? And so it was new to us because we had never heard it before. And yeah. so Especially um, if they don't bite you at home. You're like, excuse me. But when they're around other kids and those kids can't talk and they can't talk and they're they're frustrated. So mm. they just they are trying to express themselves. So it's not uncommon for kids to bite. 
Sure. Um, but but it's not good. And so we were at home one time, and she grabbed my finger, and she went to go, and she tried to bite me, and I <gasps> to pulled my finger back, and I smacked her in the mouth. <laughs> And she just kind of looked at me stunned. And I'm like, no biting. <laughs> and so she just kind of looked at me. And then she's like, ah, ah. yeah, crying. she was devastated because she didn't know that she wasn't supposed to. But she knew that it it was not a good thing. You know, but the thing like she I'm not was opposed still to that at all. getting away with it. Yeah. And so, but that's why it only lasted two weeks because, because I only had to do that maybe mouth. once, maybe twice. And then she yeah. never bit again. She figured out something else. Those are the situations in which a little physical reinforcement works because and it, didn't, it didn't hurt her. No, it just, it's not about hurting. It's about getting their attention with what they're doing. Like biting is severe. That is so dangerous. It can be really bad. Yes. So it's the same thing when a kid runs out into the street and you tap them on the butt. Because you don't want them, you don't want, you want them to remember that if they run out in the street, they're going to get a tap in the butt mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it's the same thing. Just grabbing them by the arm and practically ripping it out of the socket will not remind them. Yeah. You have to give them a physical reinforcement. I'm, I'm all about that. I'm not a fan of go get a switch and beat the shit out of them every time no, they no, do no. some stupid thing. But when it comes to physical, yeah, I'm with you, man. Totally. Well, she okay. liked to do things with her because strength. Capri Sun straws, like she tried to. Put oh, it so in she'd an, bite them. She no, she tried to put it in an outlet one time. <laughs> so oh yeah, yeah obviously that, that nothing was gonna little, happen. That requires but I, a little. And I yeah. saw her trying to do it, so I ran over yeah. there. I grabbed it and I slapped her hand, and I said no. And oh my god! So, but she nice. mostly got pissed off at me because she's just like, "Give me my straw. I want to do that. Right? <laughs> like, you're not gonna do it." That's so weird. You know what? Just the other day, I had a dream that there was a little, a couple little children and they were trying to put their fingers in outlets and I couldn't get them to stop. (laughs) It was so weird. I'm like, stop it. You're going to shock yourself. I just was so worried. I'm like, please, I'm begging you. This coming from the children that used to lick D batteries for fun. (laughs) Oh, I did that. You do it with a nine volt. (laughs) Oh, it was at a nine volt? That's what it was. Yeah, you do it with a nine volt. You're like, here, stick your tongue on this side. I've done it. Absolutely. Oh God, we used to lick live wires on. Uh, oh, where were I we never, at? We were at the Woods House. And uh, I never did that. <laughs> their son Justin, he had these two live wires, and he had this, <gasps> the TV on. And if you licked the live wire, there was a line that would go up really fast on the oh TV. Oh my God! I know we were so stupid. So After stupid. we did it for like an hour, everyone felt really jittery. <laughs> what? Gee, you've been you've been electrocuting yourself for an hour. I know. Like, God. who was watching us? <laughs> Is this the Alabama Death Correctional Facility? <laughs> Nobody checked on us and we were all walking around. Jimmy, what have you guys been doing? I've been licking wires for the last hour. <laughs> God bless the 80s. Seriously. Okay, so the last thing is you said that you were you were brutally attacked. Brutally attacked online by yes. women. So what was the what was the okay, so you troll a lot of people. It's you. You have some sadistic need to get into fisticuffs with people online. Okay, I, it's, I, it's mostly Fox News, but I okay. this was okay. I was I was completely innocent on this one. Well, what was the question to start? What was the question? The subject was it was an article, and it said, "Should I put my twelve-year-old daughter on birth control?" Okay, and what did you say? I said. My son and daughter and I have a very open relationship. I have also set boundaries as far as, you know, what I allow them to do socially and basically saying that, you know, I know where they are at all times. I know who their friends are. I know what they're doing. So I really don't see the need to put them on birth control or have them have protection on their person, like at such a young age. 
Mm-hmm. You know, their father and I are really good about instilling morals and responsibility. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that because that, yeah, because that absolutely is a good form of birth control. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so what I said is, I think it's probably something I can address around age 16. Oh my God. What? Go ahead. Birth control, Jamie. Not the, not the conversation. I understand. And so I said, I, I think 12 is probably too young. You think 12 is too young for a girl to be on birth control? For sexually active purposes, yes. Okay. And so a lot of women said, I put my daughter on when she got her period, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other people said for medical purposes, which I totally understand. Right. The general consensus of a lot of women that were disagreed with my yes. approach said, they're going to sneak around. They're going to lie to you. Yes. They're going to do it in the bathroom at school. Yes. They're going to find a way, all this other stuff. Right. I'm like, I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I suppose anything's possible, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just look at us girls and mm-hmm. we managed to make it through teenagerhood without having sex in a bathroom stall in, in middle school. Right. And well, so- things, have, things have changed. This is not, like I said, this is not the 80s. We are not entertaining ourselves with wires. It is a completely different time period. And although I definitely appreciate your desire to instill, I was going to say inflict, instill morality in children, which we all do, Mm -hmm. it is not wise to make those assumptions that your kids will not find themselves in a situation. The last thing you want is to play that card and find out that your children have been sexually active since 14 and because they didn't think you would even want to hear about it because of your morals they're not going to tell you so i mean how would they be sexually active at 14 though if you because they are that's how though what do you mean how they know how things work that they will sneak out and they will do it are you going to keep them in a castle not let them have any kind of social life? No, I'm not saying that. Essentially what you have to decide, I mean, you know your children better than anybody else. I agree. I think 12 is too young. I would not put my daughter on birth control at 12. End of discussion. But 16 is way too late. I know people who've put their children on birth control when they went to high school because even though they're virgins, doesn't matter. They put them on it anyway because they're like, you can't get pregnant. You cannot get pregnant. And usually it's when... They had children at a really, really young age or something of that nature. Sometimes they use the guise of health reasons, whatever. I'm not a big fan of putting somebody on birth control for the sake of putting them on birth control, though. Like, I don't like that mentality. Like, I have zero faith in you, so I'm just going to throw you on it. It's, you know, it's like one of those things now where everybody loves to generalize People and, you know, just all Republicans are assholes and racist. All Democrats are liberal tards. You know, it's like you can't do that. Well, Every that's sing- what, but that was the general consensus with all of these 55 replies is that right. all kids are liars, sexual right. deviants and immoral. And I'm just yes. like, no, I, I completely disagree with that because yes. if that's the case, then what's the point of parenting? Well, I agree with you on that term. I And I definitely would have said, no, I wouldn't have put my kid on birth control at 12. That's insane. I But and you're right. But it also... It's so unfair to even ask that question because every single human being is different. Every single human being is different. I have children who lost their virginity at 14. I have children who lost their virginity at 16. I lost mine at 18. It doesn't. And I definitely instilled that in them from the time we started talking about sex at like 11. Didn't do shit. (laughs) They did it anyway. It didn't Mm -hmm. matter. The only difference that, that, that there was 
is that every single person told me the day after it happened. Every single one of my children told me, I am not a virgin anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to deal with it. And we did. So that is the thing. It's like, yeah, you and we obviously always talk about safe sex and all that other garbage. But the reality is, is that I don't like the idea of preventative parenting where you're going, look, you're putting on putting on birth control because I don't want to deal with it like that. I agree with you completely. Well, that's just telling your kids you have no faith in them. You know, well, it's not even about faith. Sex is not a bad thing. If somebody decides well, to have sex at 15, then it is what it is. You can't act like they sinned or were immoral. It's well, like, I wish that you would have waited, but you know what? You didn't. So, all right, let's move forward. Let's let's just let's talk about birth control. Then you get to talk about it. I guess the way I've always explained sex to the kids mm-hmm. is probably a, lo- a lot different than how the world views sex. And mm-hmm. so that may have something to do with it, too. But, I mean, I'm not saying the kids are going to val- you know, necessarily value it the way I do. Even they won't. That's how, I, that's how I've explained it. Sure. You know, but I, I, I'm not so close-minded to the fact that it's not going to happen. And Let me that- tell you, I know you don't remember this, but when one of my children lost her virginity... At 15, mm-hmm. you told me in a very judgy tone, you're like, you know what? Some people are just ready when they're ready. It's 15. I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's mm-hmm. done. And I will never forget that because I was really mad at you because I had the same thought. Like, I really want you to wait till you're 18. I just I thought that it was you're not missing out on anything if you don't wait you, or if you wait, if you if you have sex at 18, whether you love somebody or not, you're not missing out if you have it at 15. There's no reason to to not put it off until 18. But mm-hmm. that is not the real world. That is not the real world. And so although I I strongly disagreed with your statement when you said it, now I'm like she's not wrong. But well, I'm, no, I'm sorry if I said that because that's that's not correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I, your kid is almost 15. No, 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 no. No, I mean that there's nothing worse than feeling used for sex in my opinion. You know, because I I feel like sex is something special. And so I don't want my kids to think that sex is just, you know, just sex. And, you know, it's just, you know, they can do it with whoever they want. It's really no big deal. Um, Because I just I think that's a poor attitude about it. Well, I think that here's the deal, though. Every single discussion that I've had with my kids when it came to their sexual experiences was that they were convinced that this was it. That they mm-hmm. love this person, that they they wanted this. Now they're all adults, and they all say the same thing. Totally could have waited. Not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. But regardless of the act and the preventing of STDs or pregnancies, really the bottom line in all of this is you have to have the uncomfortable discussions with your kids. You can't just say sex is for only when you're in love with someone. That's bullshit, first of all. And mm-hmm. you and I both know that. I've had amazing sex with men that I don't like. Sure. You know, so I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I would definitely not put this shroud over something like sex to say, oh, no, it's only for marriage or having children. No, no, no. Oh, no, it's only for when you're in a committed relationship, because now they've now they've got these expectations that they're never going to meet. And if they do have sex with someone after prom and then suddenly be like, my mom's going to hate me for this because I didn't I didn't adhere to her you know, reasons of why you would ever have sex, that's when you get into trouble because you don't, you, you're not allowed to put on them what their idea of sex is. You can tell them what you you want it to be, which is what I think a lot of parents try to do if they're really open with their kids and say, look, sex is amazing. 
it's really amazing when you care about the person and they, they care about you. That is so, it's such a good experience. Remember that. But I think that's what I'm doing. You know, I yes. mean, maybe, maybe my ideal is a, a little bit more conservative, but right. that's what I'm telling them is that's my ideal. So if they deviate from that, that's fine. That's their choice. But right. I don't think it's wrong to convey to them that I really don't believe that that choice can be made at 15 or, well, you know, mm-hmm. or at any other age. I mean, again, that's my ideal. And as a parent, it's my job to let them know that, you know, Age is important when making right choices. That's why you can't get a license any earlier than 16. That's why you can't do a lot of things before the age of 18. What I would tell you, though, is that all of that is great, but just put the caveat in at the end. This is my advice anyway to anyone who's thinking about this discussion is all of your expectations of what you think is best for your, your children. It's like, look, when you're 15, you don't even know what sex is. Like, you don't even understand what you're doing. You genuinely, I mean, and I, we can say that with genuine certainty. You no, no 15-year-old knows how to be a good lover, for God's sake. It's not about that. But I would say, whatever, this is what I hope that you will maintain until you are of a certain age or in a certain whatever. However, if that happens where you, if you do have sex at 15 or whatever, Please do not hesitate to tell me or talk to me about it, whatever it is, because you are going to need some guidance with your health, with your, you know, with your plans on birth control, all of that stuff that takes your discussion to another level. It's like, this is what I would love for you to do, because this is the morality that I I hope to instill and to understand the respect of another human being and all that other garbage. It's not garbage, but you know what I'm saying. But should that not happen... Don't be afraid to talk to me about it because now we're going to the next level. And and I think that is the part where, you know, putting somebody on birth control at 12, you're negating all of it. Well, see, and I, I think that was my problem with this whole discussion yesterday is when I talked about, you know, talking about morals with my kids and trying to, you know, give them guidance and, you know, being very active in their lives People took that to mean that I was like ultra conservative and oh, contro- no. and, and, and controlling and <laughs> blind. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. no. I said, me trying to have a, a, a good path for my kids does not mean I'm blind. It does not mean I, I don't know how the world works. And, and it also doesn't mean that I'm not having the discussion about the other things that are possible, you know, these people seem to believe that I didn't realize that they very well may deviate from what I'm hoping to instruct. Yeah. You can't win on social media, Paula. No, no, no. But they don't know your life. They don't know anything about you. But even with you, when you said, when you're, you're talking to them about expectation, I'm like, no, they're not expectations. They're just this is how I hope you do. Just like when you say, I hope you go to college. It's not expectation. Right. You just hope they go to college. Yeah, you know? I, think, I think I understand what you're saying. You can't make them go to college. But somehow, because if your hope or belief or what you're hoping that they'll do or you're trying to tell them what, what you'd like to see becomes, you know, if it's a little bit more, I guess conservative is all I can say, mm-hmm. somehow it becomes oppressive or an expectation or unrealistic. No, 
it's true, but just don't don't let that blind you to having the really really serious having the discussions that you have to have. But why 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 would why wouldn't I be having those discussions? I'm not saying you wouldn't. I'm talking in general terms. I know, but people think that I wouldn't be. Well, it's and because just... it's, it's it's just first of all, it's social media. No one you you literally would you could write a bible about uh, you know, you could write a, a dissertation on a post about your feelings on everything, and they'd still judge you. It's you know, social got, media. Do you know I got called a cunt seven times? <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So let's go ahead and do our ugly and Awkward Moments of the Week Sports Edition. <laughs> First one, I was at a hockey game and I took a slap shot to the face when I was a kid. Ow! It knocked me into the row behind me. Luckily, it it, it hit me square in the forehead and didn't cause long-term damage. But both of my eyes swelled shut for a whole day. (laughs) Like, what is... See, that's the kind of crap that happened to me all the time. Like, when I was in high school and we would play, like, the volleyball unit. I would stand there and I'm not athletic whatsoever. And they're like, service. And then they fling, you know, they hit the ball over the net, right over the net, square into my chest, square into my chest and knock me to the ground. I couldn't breathe. Olivia was just telling us that she got hit in the stomach with a basketball. (gasps) And I told her, I said, Olivia, I can't tell you how many times I've been hit in the head with various different balls. And of course, Victor and Ryan started laughing. And I said, I'm not joking, guys. I said, I've been hit in the head with countless volleyballs. I can't even be near a volleyball game, like within 100 feet, because I will get it's like I'm like a magnet for volleyballs. It's true. I've been hit in the face with a spiraling football. (gasps) I have been hit with a sock in the head with a soccer ball. Uh, always been hit in the head with a basketball. I said, I just, I can't be, I can't be, I can't have balls around my head. And so that's going to do a lot for your social life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say my mouth. I just said my head. Okay. Uh, here's the second one. Now I know a lot about swim meets because our kids played uh, water polo and swam their entire childhood. So before each swim meet, our teams go into the pool to warm up. Unfortunately, only one lane is allowed per team because and because our team was the largest, we didn't have a whole lot of room to swim. So you know when you look at an Olympic pool and there's little lane lines. Yeah. Okay. So every lane when there's a swim meet, especially if there's multiple teams competing. Every team gets their own lane to warm up, get their bodies going and stuff like that, usually in the morning. It's actually quite beautiful because when the kids are swimming or the athletes are swimming, if it's even a teeny bit chilly and the water is heated, it looks like a soup. (laughs) There's like steam coming up off of everybody. It's really kind of cool. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, only one lane is allowed per team. And because ours was the largest, we didn't have a whole lot of room to swim. I was behind one of my teammates who was going glacially slow, and there was a huge gap between him and the guy in front of him, so I decided to try and swim around him so that I could go faster, because, you know, no patience. It's just like traffic. Right. I swam as fast as I could, and without warning, another guy swimming in the opposite direction was heading towards me and punched me in the eye. Ow! (laughs) They collided like whales. I hadn't felt anything that painful in my life. I eventually decided to tough it out, but I ended up with a huge swollen eye. 
Jesus. I've seen, you know what? There is something, I don't know about you, but it is so painful when you're wet and you get hurt. Why does it hurt more? Actually, I don't usually notice that I'm hurt. Only oh. when my pinky toe does that weird thing where it like cramps over in front of the other toes. Well, and I then only... all of a sudden you feel like you can't swim. Well, yeah, that's a Charlie horse. That's how people drown. What? But it's a pinky toe. It's just like, why, why can you not swim? All you're like, oh, uh, I got to get to I, the edge. And then you I... lift up your foot and you're like, because ah! <laughs> it looks I, so it's weird. True. And then if there's boys in the pool, you just keep your feet in the water because you're like, I don't want anybody to see my pinky toe like this. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen I have seen athletes swimming where suddenly they cramp up and they literally dead stop. Dead stop. <laughs> and they're just sitting there floating in the middle of the pool and a, a lifeguard has to go retrieve them. Because they oh, can't swim. God. Because of a it's pinky true. toe. No, a Charlie horse. If you get one in your hammy, oh my God. Oh, you feel okay. like you're dying. I thought it's you meant bad. because they had like a Charlie horse in their pinky toe. I'm like, come on now. I can make it to the edge. They can't. Or their calf, if their calf locks up. And then when yeah. they get out and their calf looks like a rock because it's just so cramped. And then you'll you'll constantly hear the eat a banana. <laughs> Have some Gatorade. Whatever. Someone said to drink pickle juice. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't remember anybody drinking pickle juice, but I know we ate a lot of bananas. That I do mm. know. Anyway, yes, awkward moment. I have to say I'm very grateful that I'm not an athlete because I can't even imagine. I mean, I had more clumsy, stupid, awkward moments just being on the sidelines in my life. I can't even imagine what would happen if I was out there trying to participate. You know, one thing. I never understood because I did kind of well in track. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, cause I was a fast runner and, right. um, but the thing I never could understand is why is the track made out of tiny little slippery pebbles? Because well, they're, they're not anymore. And everything's rubberized. <sighs> okay. So I remember one time starting a run and my feet are just like, beep, beep, beep like slipping as I'm trying to start and then ultimately I just landed flat on my stomach oh ouch but I don't know if you were supposed to run in like cleats or what but I'm like why just make it like a fucking asphalt track or something your normal people can just run I mean we're talking like sixth grade here it doesn't need to be you know you awesome are supposed, or whatever. They do have track shoes. You probably should have had some of those. Okay, but uh, it was a bunch of 12-year-olds. I mean, I it's know. not like it was the Olympics. A bunch of 12-year-olds on birth control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. right. You know none of those athletes even get periods. That's true. They don't. All right. Well, that's all I have for you today. That's all I have for me, too. So please visit UglyTruth.com. Click on our Amazon button. And uh, then also please head over to lipandclip.com and get some fall colors, see what's going on in the clearance section. And uh, I think that's about it. So until Sunday, we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and sharing the show. See you next time on The Ugly Truth.